Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast, episode number 35, behind the scenes at the Great American Outdoor Show. Big Buck Registry is a virtual museum of hunting stories. We preserve a piece of Americana by interviewing and recording hunters about their hunts and experiences from across the country. And who knows, maybe we'll learn a thing or two along the way that'll help us take our hunt to the next level. I'm Trent Cole. And I'm Richie Elam from Blitz TV. And you're listening to Big Buck Registry, Big Buck Podcast. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Jay Scott, your host of the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. And I am here with my field correspondent, from Ohio, Dusty Phillips. Dusty, what is going on? Not a whole lot, Jay. It's uh, weather starting to break a little bit, and things are looking up. I tell you, uh, after being out the show and talking to some wonderful people there in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, I think it's time that we do a back cap on how our weekend went. What do you think? This is the show to do just that. That's why we are doing the show here today is to talk about our experience at the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, that occurred February 1st through the 9th. You know, it's uh, one of the things that I highly recommend that you get out there to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, for the NRA Great American Outdoor Show. What what a great show it was. It was an amazing, amazing show, and I didn't really know what to expect because you had kind of brought up the idea that we should go down there and actually physically meet for the first time, which we did. And um, what what a what a great idea that was. And I have to give you kudos to that because I wouldn't have thought of that. But it was about the same distance from me as it was for you. I think you ended up spending a little more time on the road than I did on the way home for some reason. I can't quite figure that out. But <clears throat> You can't quite figure it out. I think about three to five inches of snow is why I kind of spent some more time on the road. You think that's what it was? It wasn't yeah, good distance? You, yeah, you was uh, you was definitely riding on green grass all the way home, and I was buried in snow. Oh, I had a clear, I had a clear sailing, man. It was dry, bone dry on the highway. It was that nice country drive all the way through Route eighty four through New York, and uh, it was awesome. I just I couldn't complain at all. But the pictures you kept sending me on the way back were not so pleasant. You know, I hope it snows about ten inches tonight in New Hampshire. Well, dude, I, I'm living in a freaking igloo right now right on it's 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 believe me every 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 bit of karma that you you wished upon me on that ride home has hit me in the last week that's good i mean i i kind of you kind of gave me a little heck for being uh on clear roads while i was fighting the snow and and that nature but uh you know it's all come back to bite you. you you'll you'll not again send a text out saying that oh it's clear and great here run 70 i I should not rub that in not at all it's kind of it's coming back to bite you karma does come back it does now one of the things i that i found extremely interesting and you elaborate on this that when we first got there to harrisburg the first thing we did is checked into our hotel and then we asked where we should go get a uh, a drink and something to eat (laughs) right well yeah what what an interesting place very interesting place and this is the stuff that, you know, you have to go out and experience this stuff. You can't just, you know, do your daily routine. But we were yeah. sent across the road to this restaurant called Gilligan's, and you, I don't smoke, and you're not a smoker. You, you like chewing tobacco, but neither of us smoke. Right on. And, uh, you know, the beverage was good. I'll give them that. The beverage was delicious. I think it was a Lugan Lugan Gimes or something like that uh, IPA. 
Right. It was delicious. Very smooth, great beer. But then as we're sitting there starting to sip, I'm like, hey, man, do you smoke? Like, no, I don't smoke. And we looked around the whole bar, and everybody was lighting up. They sure were. It was awful. Just awful. It was like, what the heck? You know, can't smoke in Ohio in any bars. Right. And I can't smoke in any bar in New Hampshire. So uh, it was kind of weird. So what did we do? We asked we, the bartender or the our, our waiter, I should say, what are the, where can you smoke in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? What did he say? He says, uh, nowhere but here. <laughs> this is the only place you can this, smoke in Harrisburg. It, we, we got a family room around the corner that's non-smoking. Well, what good does that do us while we're trying to talk right. and have a beverage? So every other place we went to in Harrisburg was great. Yeah, you know, and uh, I got to give kudos to the Fox and the Hound. That's kind of our home base out there. Fox and the Hound, absolutely. We had some amazing service. They ran out of beer quite a bit the first night we were there. Um, but that's just because there's so many people coming into the Great American Outdoor Show. And keep in mind, there were well over um, 100,000 people attending this event per day. That's over well over a million people that, that would have attended throughout the course of the, the whole thing between the 1st and the 9th. Insane numbers. Just absolutely insane. So if And, and this is kind of the layout, is that each giant warehouse, the size of a Lowe's or a Home Depot, is one building at this place. And then you have seven of them, each one designated to a particular subject matter relating to hunting and the outdoors. One section was the outfitters. One section was fishing and and boating. Another section was um, archery. Another section was all guns and on and on. That's how it was all set up. It was insane. It, it, it's, it's a lot to see. There's no way you can do it in one day. There's no you're way. Thinking, you're thinking you're going there in one day and seeing the whole Great American Outdoor Show. It's not happening. Right. In fact, one of the one of the guys from Cabela's talked to us for a little while, and he said, you know, he's, he's been hearing these stories about this couple that came in. They walked around the, the one of the main entrances, walked around the, that one building, and turned around and said, that was a great show. Now we're going to leave. said, you've got six more buildings to go through. Yeah, I think that was a common, uh, people were like, this is a great show, and they're not realizing that they've only seen one building. Yep. Well, Harrisburg was pretty easy to get around. We didn't really have any problems. You drove a car down. I drove my truck down. We zipped around the whole place. It was very well laid out. Um, GPS had no problem. Got us everywhere we wanted to go. The accommodations where we stayed and everybody, I didn't hear any complaints about any hotels. All the food was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was a great weekend, really. It was a great weekend. Uh, um, I got I got to give a shout out to you for some awesome kind of sliding around the traffic directions. That was pretty smooth on your end. Well, thanks, man. That's that's my Boston driving. Yeah, you got us places that uh, you know we we would have been an hour out if we wouldn't have took your direction. Exactly. Now, sometimes you just have to outsmart the traffic. Right, uh, and we did. You know, we, right. we we eased around a lot of people. That that was probably the only complaint that I heard the whole weekend. Right, that there were so many people lining up trying to get into the show that they had to wait, and I hate waiting. Yeah, so there's nothing worse than going into a great show like that and having to wait an hour right. to get to it. Well, you you could see the building, but the lines of traffic were just so bad that it, you know it, it took you a little time to get in there right. if you was parking in regular parking. But you can. What's interesting is that you can, if you read the map like a good outdoorsman should, you can now find a line, an adjacent line that goes directly to the farmhouse complex, and then you're all set. It'll bring you directly there. You'll bypass all kinds of traffic. And that's what we did. We got there. We had to get to the press area anyway. 
So, but yeah, VIP parking, it uh, made a difference. It was quite an experience. Quite an experience. One awesome experience. One of the things that, that we bumped in, in early on, I think after we tried Gilligan's for about 20 minutes, we ended up at the Fox and the Hound. And, and as we were just waiting for our table, we bumped into uh, Mark and Hal from Premier Outfitters in Kentucky. And I'm going to play a clip from our interview that we had with them at the show in a little bit. But those guys are great, weren't they? They were awesome. You know, shout out to Mark and Hal from Premier Outfitters. Mark's the owner. Hal's one of the, the guides. You know, I, I, I couldn't be blessed with beating, meeting nicer people to uh, run into there that kind of knew a little bit about the show and was able to give us a few tips on the show. Man, great guys. Right. It was awesome. Um, so we we, uh, we went our separate ways. We had a dinner and then we split, but we got ready for the next day. We, we got our, you know, tried on uh, some of the, the, sh- the shirts that were, were um, wearing some of our colors and, and flying our, our logos and all that stuff, and we tested out our equipment. But then we got on the floor and we started walking around just trying to figure out who was where and what was going on, which which play, who was in what building and that kind of stuff. Just kind of taking in the whole experience, you know. Just, exactly. It was kind of overwhelming at first. It was. But once we kind of settled in, we ended up you know, realizing there were a lot of people there that were just having a great time. And then we, we were able to pull some people aside. But let's we set aside just to kind of give us a play-by-play of what we had just experienced. So I'm going to play a clip from our first um, set-aside interview with each other as we were there. Folks, uh, we are live. Live at the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. What a show. It's, uh, there are so many people here. You can hear them in the background, and that's not even a quarter of what the, the sound is like. But it's uh, these aisles are, what, uh, 10 feet across, maybe? Loaded full. Loaded full, shoulder to shoulder, people like crazy. And we're here with Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. If you're looking for anything, the show at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania will get you in whatever you're looking for. Yep. Um, it's been an interesting ride. We both traveled a good distance to get here. Dusty came out of Ohio. and How long did it take you to get here? Uh, about seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours. I drove from New Hampshire, and that took me also seven and a half hours. And... Um, I hit Scranton. I took a picture of the intersection of I-84 and I-81, and I, po- I posted it on Facebook, and I got a lot of comments that said, well, you're not even close. And, and my, my theory on that is that if you're driving seven and a half hours, an hour, hour and a half, half ain't, ain't bad. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? That puts you at the show pretty much right. in my perspective. We are looking good, Yep, and we're loving the show. We make podcasting look good. We do make podcasting good look good. <laughs> Thank God it's not a TV show. Correct. Because I'm not sure we'd make a TV show look quite as good as we make a podcast sound. You know, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a day. What a great start to the first day at the Great, Amal- great American Outdoor Show. Yeah. You know, we just got done talking with Matt Duff. With Major, Major League, League Hunters. Yep, Major League Bow Hunter. He, he has agreed that he is going to join us on a podcast. So we got that to mm-hmm. look forward to. We're waiting on uh, a few others to get back from some seminars. Let's see. Who else did we talk to? We talked to Fox Pro. Fox Pro. They're going to join us. Yep. And I think at some point we really should do a show about how um, hunting predators will increase your deer hunting. That's, Success. D- that will definitely be very informal for anybody that's got predators or just getting into predator hunting right and 
obviously, if you can knock down the amount of predators that are in your area, you're going to have a better chance of having more deer in your area. That's a fact. Yeah, predator hunting is a, a very major focal practice after the season. You know, get right. Try to get some of the coyotes out. That's going to take out the fawns come spring. Right. Now we also talked to uh, Skullworks. Skullworks was a machine, a machine deer head, basically. So if you had a, a if you found a skull or if you shot a deer and you did a, a little European mount on your own. You can actually cut the skulls off. You can have a full metal or I don't know what the other material material was. Do you? Yeah, it seemed to be stainless. Stainless? But there, was it a plastic on the other side? Yeah, I'm not real for sure, but we I think we're going to try getting more depth on what that material was. Yep. Um, but what a great way to, to just uh, mount your, your kill uh, after the hunt or if something, you found something, that's pretty cool too. We've also bumped into Wishbone which is a revolutionary horizontal compound bow, apparently legal in all states except Montana, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it seems to be. It, it's very interesting how small, how compact, and it's still shooting pretty hot, 40 to 78 pounds. Right. Um, and I held it. It's pretty light. Really light. Looks, looks like it's a full-size bow in a compact version. I'm not sure how that is legal in all 50 states except for Montero, 49 states. Right. That's worth doing some research on, and we want to get into that a little deeper. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a compound bow, but I don't think it's registered as a compound bow. Do you? Uh, I don't think so, but it also looks like a lethal slingshot. Right. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy, but the people here ton of people you know it's a well visited spectator show Mm -hmm. and uh we're looking forward to meeting some great people now we just pulled off into the side here to do some commentary about our experience so far and we are at uh, a cross section we have bowhunting.com across the the aisle here i'm also looking across the aisle i've got wicked tree gear and blacktail 154 outdoor gear Perry's No Peep is also beside us here. Yep. Fire Knock. Fire Knock. Uh, and this is where, this is only one aisle of one building. And how many buildings are there? Like four or five? Yeah, at least. Uh, there's a lot going on. Right. Um, did you look up behind us, Dusty? I did look up behind us, and uh, I think we got uh, realistic decoys. What the hell is that? <laughs> So that was kind of our opening segment, and there was a lot going on. There was definitely a lot going on. People everywhere. You know, the realistic decoys behind us, it was kind of weird. We were standing there, and we were just podcasting right there. We had our mobile units out, you know, a microphone, re- recorder. Up behind us was some deer, like realistic-looking deer with uh, tails that actually moved. And right. People, people were kind of drawn into them, so it just made them draw right to us. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of those um, those duck decoys that move around, just to kind of give it a little bit of movement in the like woods. A, yeah, like a mojo dove. Yeah, mojo, exactly. Um, uh, when we met Matt Duff, he was alone. He, he didn't uh, have his whole crew there, but interesting guy. Yeah. Real, uh, real easy to talk to, just kind of, you know, he's figured we were from the media but he still was willing to talk to us yeah you know a real cool guy and uh i hope he takes me up on my offer to come hunt ohio that'd be cool 
Yeah, I mean uh-huh. that, that's the nice thing. You're we're walking in there and you're you're promising him a, a hunt in your backyard, which is key. Yeah, for sure. You know, he's welcome to hunt my place anytime. And I, I like what they do on their TV show and, and their style. And it seemed like, you know, a great guy. And we look forward to having Matt join us on a podcast in the near future. Yep. Yeah, let's see. Then then we were, uh, as we were sitting there talking and doing some commentary, we came across some young ladies and a family that was walking through. And we actually walked into the show with them. And let's, uh, let's hear what they had to say. Perfect. So let's start off with your names. Everybody say their name again. What's your name? Michaela. Michaela? Mackenzie. Brianna. And where are you from? From Marlton, New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. Wow, you guys traveled a decent distance to get here. How many hours did it take you to get here? Four. Four hours. That's a pretty good travel. That's that's a pretty good distance for an outdoor show. Yeah. You love hunting. You love hunting? You do. Can can you tell us how old you are? Um, I'm 11. I'm 11. I'm nine. Nine years old. Okay, great. And how do you hunt in New Jersey? Um, well, we go to this place with our families called Game Creek. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, because so, like we don't have our license yet, so we just go with them and watch them. Awesome, excellent. Have you harvested anything yet? Have you guys been able to shoot anything? Not yet. Okay, it's in the future. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> kind of. So, take us through one of your hunts that you've been on so far. What? Tell us about one of the hunts you've been on. How early do you get up? Um, well, we go to Game Creek. We get up usually around like five, and then we, um, my family, my friends, or her family meet up, and um, we just like go to Game Creek. And what do you hunt at Game Creek? Um, pheasants. Pheasants, yeah. Pheasants, quail. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, now, who is there anybody at this show that you're trying to find? Um, Here? Yeah. Well, we just talked to Tiffany. Tiffany? Yeah. Tiffany who? I don't know her last name. <laughs> I don't know who she is, but she's like, Lee, she goes on TV. And Lee and Tiffany, the Lee Crush TV. Lee and Tiffany, yeah. Crush TV. Awesome. All right. Very was, cool. I was just making a joke. They're very popular. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got yeah. our autographs awesome. and like, pictures of them. Very cool. That's so you're awesome. enjoying the show, and you've traveled a long distance to be here. That that makes it that much funner when you can take a little trip. Yeah. Good deal. All right, good deal. Well, we hope you enjoy the show, and thanks for taking a minute with yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for taking some time to share you're with welcome. us. Right. Awesome. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Adios, America. <laughs> Bye. Always be family. So that was pretty cool. I mean, this this was definitely a family event, no question about it. Yeah, the real cool thing was we walked in with them folks, and uh, they was uh, they walked behind us, and we ran into them in the show, and, and what's the odds? Yeah. I mean, in, in reality, this was just one um, segment of the, of the whole show, but there were families walking around all over the place, and I think this it was loud and clear what the NRA was doing. I mean, they really wanted this to be a family-friendly environment, and it was nothing but that. It was awesome. Yeah, I think they succeeded as far as the family environment, and, and they had things there for the kids. That that means a lot. Absolutely, and uh, and the grown up kids too, like us. We were having a good time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, in the whole gun section, you could go and play with any gun you wanted. Anything. It, it was a great environment for young kids and old kids. It was just right. brought every great thing about hunting out that one. It's nine day stint. It was awesome. Um, now there was one person in particular that you started bringing up when we first got there, and I wasn't quite sure who he was. But you, you, what was his name? Chip City. Chip City. 
Tell us about Chip City. You know, Chip City posts a lot of videos on Facebook, and most of them pretty entertaining. I like his style, and you know, when I first got there, I said, "Jay, you got you got to check this cat out. He's got it going on, and, and they're a lot of fun." And we was able to run into Chip City there at the show. Chip City was a, a very interesting guy, and we talked to this other guy named um, Salvo Magro, right? Yeah, and he's uh, he's like Chip's buddy, and they both work on the show for. Um, Bracket Outdoors. Right on. And it turns out Chip is the editor and producer of some of those shows. And he used to have a show called Animal House back in the day. And as I was talking to Chip, he told me, he asked me where I was from. I said I was from New Hampshire. And he said, so am I. So actually, we had some good representation from New Hampshire at the show. So that was kind of neat. So we we actually were able to speak with Chip City and uh, Mr. Blackfoot himself. And <laughs> Blackfoot. We, and Show us the Blackfoot. And w- wasn't it great that the NRA actually set aside uh, a media room where we could actually bring people back and do interviews, which was great for our stuff because we had microphones and needed a little bit quiet, envir- quiet environment. Although it was good to hear in the background what was going on, it was good to bring them back. And he actually, I'm going to play the clip, and we're going to play this entire show in the future the, in its entirety so you can hear the entire interview we did with Chip City and, and Blackfoot. Um in a future time, but I want to play a little clip of what it was like um, to talk to these guys. Pretty cool guys, and glad they joined us, and uh, we look forward to seeing what they got coming about in the future. All right, here's a little taste of Chip City in Bablo. Man, they don't have free internet here. Jerks. False advertisement. Oh, really? Yeah. Ours seems to, on my phone, seems to hook up. Right here, right now? What network is it? Let me look. There you go. All right, they're going to start their show and stuff, Blabs, and we're going to talk and hang out, and then we'll end it with that. So we're not... Does this show have to start right now? No, it's all pre-recorded anyway. All right, so like, give me Hell, a minute. Let me get a... I don't want it to sound like crap when we sing this. Let me get a password. What's that? Okay, yeah, dude, now, now this thing is throwing me off lately. Is it? Yeah, I can't hear myself play. Uh, yeah. Right. But you can, so, hear each, you can hear us talking anyway. Yeah, right? I can hear you talking, but... All right. <laughs> we just like your style. I like what you got going on, man. You cut up. That's awesome. You know? So that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at. We're going to strum this guitar? you got to give me a minute. We're, we're not really, guitar we're not we're Aaron, talking. We're not Aaron right now, right? It's, uh, it's You're live, dude. You're live with... Oh, so everything's live right now? No. <laughs> You're killing me, man. You guys got to explain this to Blablo. me. Blablo. They're recording it, and then they're going to post it later, and they're going to give us the date and the time and everything. you got to no put the guitar down until we get to the end. No hablo you got tres. it. Si, necesito tacos. Seriously, we want you to be yourselves. We're going to run down through your lives, where you come from, how you got to this point that you're starting us. Get your name cool. out there. Uh, I'm weird. I can't be myself if I don't know that I can do this song right now. So if <laughs> I right. know it, then I can be myself and talk. But uh, until, you're getting nervous about the song? Yeah, I'm nervous, dude, because I haven't played this guitar all day, okay? You're right. good. We played last night. Just keep it playing in the background, and we'll just do no, the show around it. No, don't no, tell no, him that. No, He'll no, play no. the whole damn time. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. Oh. 
Oh man, Siri. You oh. missed the. Uh, I didn't post the last video last night. It was uh, a Michael Jackson remix we did. Nice, so really. Yeah. We look forward to it tonight. And why not? Why didn't you post it? Um, someone else recorded it on their phone. Oh. And then when they sent it to my phone, I saved it to my phone, but it was like some different kind of format or whatever, and like Facebook will not let me upload it. Hmm. Weird. Nice to have a little jingle in the background. That's right. Let's do this. We'll, we'll do a time, just a rundown. Me and Jay will start out. Okay. And then as we get rolling, we'll get you guys in on it. Cool, cool. All right. All right, Blabble, that means be quiet. So that was a little behind the scenes of what happens at the Big Buck Registry, Big Buck Podcast, when you get to, to uh, really adventurous hunters in the media room at the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Great American Outdoor Show. Yeah, that was a good time, you know, and uh, we look forward to see what they got to present to everybody in the near future. Yep. It's going to be interesting. Yep. There were some fun guys. Fun guys. And the interview was really fun, and that was just a sample of what happened before we got to the interview. So just <laughs> good out. stuff. Yeah, look out. You want to catch, you definitely want to catch the show with Bablo and Chip City from Bracket Outdoors uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks in, in its entirety. You, yeah. you can't miss this show. We talk about the Blackfoot. You're going to find out. Show them the Blackfoot. Boom. Yeah, it was awesome. So <laughs> It was awesome. We're going to hear all, all about the behind the scenes at, at Bracket Outdoors. Glad I got to meet them, and uh, they're, they're a lot of fun. Yep. Now, as we were walking around the show, uh, we ended up uh, just really just taking in the crowd, t- talking to people, finding out who, who was where, and, and, and it took a good few hours just to kind of get your bearings straight because it's so big. Um, but as we were walking around, this guy came up from behind me and tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Hey, you guys, the big buck registry. And if, I said, yeah, how'd you know that? You know, cause we haven't been doing this for a whole lot of time, you know, a year and a half or so, but apparently things are going well, people are starting to recognize us. And we started talking to this guy named Albert Conklin. Albert uh, was a fan of the show, fan of our Facebook page and a uh, big hunter out of New Jersey. But uh, it's not every day that somebody taps you on the shoulder and say, Hey, are you guys that show? It was cool. It was awesome. Just made us feel really good. And uh, so we pulled Albert aside and interviewed him right there on the spot. All right, we're walking around the show, and this guy tapped us on the back of the shoulder and said, hey, aren't you the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast? And we said, uh, absolutely. That's, that's who we are. What's your name? Albert Conklin. Albert. Albert uh, is with a hunterpreneur? That is right. All right. And that's something you just started recently. Correct. Very cool. Soon to take over the hunting industry. All right. <laughs> we like to hear that. We like. We like. Uh, and when you guys sponsor me, I think that'll work out just right. fine. Right. When we make our first dollar, we, we will think about it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. It's all about growth. We just want people to enjoy our, our content. So. Yep. I hear you. That's I definitely hear you. So tell us a little bit about more, uh, more about entre- or Hunterpreneur. Hunterpreneur. Uh, it's, uh, it started off as, uh, as a joke. And... Uh, because I have an also, also uh, a fishing apparel, Team Hooker's apparel. Nice. And um, Team Hooker's. Did I hear that right? Team Hooker's? Team Hooker's. Team right. Hooker's apparel. Yeah. It's on Facebook. Right. And uh, my brother-in-law said, oh, you're like a little entrepreneur. Right. And I said, no, I'm a hunterpreneur. And uh, for about a year, I kicked it around on, on the, trying to type it in on the uh, internet, and I didn't want no one to steal it. And then... Yeah. Finally, I pulled the trigger and uh, went to a lawyer, and uh, you know it's in the pro- it's in the final stages of the uh, to become a registered trademark. Awesome, awesome, so, awesome. And I, I mean, I'm like you guys. I'm not making money, but I, I love hunting. Right. 
And uh, that seems to be what it's all about—the love for hunting. You know, There's a hunt- big theme there, absolutely. And Hunterpreneur is the real big bucks. Right. I don't know if you can get that. I get it. Right? No, that's clever. That's nice. Right? Where are you from, Albert? I'm from uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Gotcha. New Jersey, and I am a fan of your guys on Facebook, and I click like on a lot of pictures, awesome. and awesome. I also share a lot of pictures too. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you know? that. We we will. Uh, Reciprocate as soon as we get back to our computer. All right, good, yeah, good. That's good. Now, you, did you grow up in New Jersey? Yep, yep. Yeah, whereabouts? Uh, Central Jersey. Uh, I'm not the Jersey Shore kind of guy. Okay. I, you know, I, I'm not a piney though. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm a woodsman. I, lo- I, lo- I love hunting. Yeah. You showed us a picture of a really nice buck there. Tell us a little bit about that. Where was that at? That was, uh, I shot with a, a friend of mine in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I got invited to his property and, uh, I just got lucky, you know, and it scored 161 inches, and uh, it was uh, unbelievable. Nice. You know what I mean? It was, uh, I mean, I shot some nice deer. I got 140 inch and nice 125 class deer, but that was my first buck that when I walked up to it, the antlers actually got bigger yep. than getting smaller. No ground shrinkage. We like to hear that. Yeah. Ground, no ground shrinkage right. is good. Yeah, we awesome. Need to, we need to have a term for that. Yeah, I shot a, a 10-pointer in Texas. I thought it was a world record. I thought it was a world record. And uh, as I walked up to it, it was very small. It, uh, I mean, it was a nice buck. It, it scored 110. Yep. Uh, but when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this, this is, I'm getting a full mount, you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's keeping it real there, you know. That, yeah. Was it your first buck or? No, 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 no. My first time in Texas. Okay. Right. So yeah. I, I've been back. I shot a, a real nice eight-pointer, and uh, then I shot a couple scrub bucks. You gotcha. know, not, nothing real crazy, you know. Hi, have you hunted other states besides New Jersey? Pennsylvania, okay. uh, New York, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida. I shot a moose in Maine in wow. 2004. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, 50-inch bull moose. That's closer to me. I'm, in New, I'm from New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Dusty's from Ohio, so I, I understand that terrain very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice. It's my fourth year I, I, uh, I drew on, on the permit. Everybody, awesome. Everybody's like, you're crazy. You ain't going to win. I said, I'm going to hunt. You, you see, I'm going to hunt a moose. Yeah. And uh, my fourth year I drew, 2004, and uh, drew a bull tag and... The hunt was over real quick, though. That's awesome. Tell us about your buddy over here. He looks like a bodyguard. Is that your bodyguard? Is that your bodyguard you got with you? I, well, you know, the ugly guys are the tough guys. <laughs> he he looks like somewhat I, of a bodyguard. Actually, he is a, uh, a veteran of war. You know, oh, he's thank my, you. He's a hero Thanks. of ours. Uh, but he's actually just getting into hunting. Awesome. Yeah. Very right, cool. Tell us a little about, you know, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're here at the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And... Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you think about the show now that you're here and seeing everything. Uh, well, this is um, quite different, I think, than how it used to be ran. Um, Got to get used to it, you know what I mean? But uh, there's a ton of people here. Right. I, didn't, I didn't get into the main uh, outfitters uh, hall yet, so I'm definitely looking forward to getting into that. It's large, isn't it? Y- yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully I could book a hunt. We'll see what happens, you know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people, and uh, I'm looking forward to definitely enjoying it regardless, you know. Yeah. Um, so when you say you're going to book a hunt, what kind of hunt are you looking to book? Uh, probably a deer hunt, you know. But a hunter, as a hunterpreneur that I am, I, I'll hunt anything. Right. 
from squirrel to rabbit, you know. Um, but who knows? I, whatever catches my eye, that person that draws my, you know, keeps my interest, and yeah. I feel like I'll have a good time. That that that's who I. How's the know. hunting in New Jersey? Uh, believe it or not, it's excellent. I've I've always heard good things. I, I'll tell you, we we have some Jim Dandy shot in New Jersey. Yep. Um, Pretty dense population. Like there's there's not a lot of room for the deer to move around in, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the secret is is. They're close to the houses. That's that, it. That's where the big bucks are. You're right. Are. You're absolutely right. right. Yeah. You know, they, they know um, where safety is. Yeah, and uh, but I, I'll tell you, it's uh, if you if you want to kill deer, I mean, it's definitely a state to. It's not to be uh, written off the chart. It's kind know? of a hidden secret. It really is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, you know, they don't listen. They don't realize what caliber of whitetail are in your area. That that is true. And it's kind of like an urban monster. Yeah, no, everybody that, thinks that's cool. We're like uh, yeah. just like a scrub buck state, right? But there, there's some. I mean, there was an expo um, in January in, in New Jersey, and uh, they had the state records there. Let me tell you, there, there's some very high quality trophy deer there. Well, there are a lot of deer. Like, there's a good population. Yeah, if I'm not yep. mistaken. And we talked to Rob Lucas from Chasing Tail on our show not too long ago, and Rob. Rob's show is all based out of southern Connecticut into in the high high rent dis- district, mm. the high end homes, and they spend they have a Bible basically it's like that thick. All they do after the season is they start their journey to try to go get more permission slips to renew for the following season just so they're ready for the season. But basically they have to get permission to hunt close to the homes. Mm. Uh, every, you have to get permission anyway. But these guys are are going up and like sitting in trees that are in sight of the guy, this, their house, you know, mm. the house that they're hunting. So it's uh, getting close is important. We're getting close to the house. That's where all these deer are ro- roaming around anyway. Uh, it seems like more and more that uh, residential areas are getting educated on how to feed the deer to see them. Mm. They're growing monsters. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, Albert, Albert, this has been fun. Uh, did you have another story? I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, how are you guys enjoying the show? We're loving it. You know, We are loving it. We're we, meeting some awesome people like yourself yeah. and getting to know quite a few people. And yep. Jay and I, we journeyed here from Ohio for me and New Hampshire for Jay. Yep. And it's been a great decision to come out to the show. Met a lot of great people, a lot of uh, celebrities, that are, uh, celebrity hunter, hunters anyway. You know? Awesome. And we're getting to talk to a lot of people like yourself that have a page on facebook they're up and coming they're trying to get something going and it's just awesome and we people like yourself tapping us on the shoulder say hey i want to be on the show yeah it's yeah. very cool that you recognize the big buck registry and, and that, that's kind of where we're leading being at the show here is to get our name out there and for more people to be able to recognize us and more people to tune in to the podcast and, and listen and enjoy us yep yep yeah, well, I uh, I definitely appreciate you guys on Facebook, and now after meeting you, is I, I'm really gonna be hammering it hard. Yeah, that's, that's, really, that's, that's awesome. They, they know who I am now. Yeah, I'm gonna right, yeah. no, I'm definitely. Uh, it's cool. Share those big bucks. We want to keep seeing them coming in. We'll post them all day if we keep getting them. You know, right. at some point, I suppose we're not gonna get some during the summer, but that's okay. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we look for roadkill big bucks in the summer. There you go. <laughs> right, but there's none. <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, thanks, Albert. Yeah, appreciate I appreciate it. you guys letting me uh, be on your show, and uh, definitely uh, best of luck to you guys. You All right, know? thank you. We'll see you on Facebook. Yep, definitely. Right, definitely. Awesome. Good. All right, that's Hunterpreneur on Facebook. Entrepreneur. Thanks. Bye.
So there really was just seven buildings filled with hunters as passionate as Albert. Oh, for sure. There was hunters that loved to hunt everywhere. That entire show was all about that. It was one of the most intense um, hunter gatherings I've ever attended. It was just just people just like Albert all across the board for miles. It was awesome. So we were having a good time uh, when we first got there. We met up with a couple of gentlemen at the uh, restaurant. It turns out there are a couple of outfitters, and they're in the outfitter hall, which was a place that was completely dedicated to just outfitters. And there were, I don't know, how many outfitters do you think were there? Oh, 500 plus. It was insane. Everywhere you walked, it was a, a whitetail hunt, a boar hunt, a alligator hunt. They were just across the board. Yeah, you could, you could line up an African safari hunt there. That, that was Absolutely. pretty cool. Yeah, I think SCI was it. Uh, they were there. Um, you name it, they were there. Um, but one of the we really enjoyed hanging out with Mark and Hal from Premier Outfitters out of Kentucky, and uh, we decided we really needed to get back to their booth to interview them on the spot. So here's uh, here's the behind the scenes at Premier Outfitters. All right, we're here at the Great American Outdoor Show with Premier Outfitters, and uh, we bumped into a couple guys at the restaurant the other night. Not exactly the spot we'd expect to bump into people at the show, but we hit it off. And we're here with Mark Clifford, and Dusty's here. Having a great time. Premier Outfitters of Western Kentucky. There we go. Archery, muzzleloader, and rifle. What's Dusty happening, Mark? J. Yeah, man. Good meeting y'all. Had a good time the other night. Met you out at the restaurant. Didn't expect to run into a couple characters like you. Yeah. But, you know, we're just <laughs> That's happy. That's part of it. We're just happy to be here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, man. A lot of good people. Big yep. turnout. Thousands of people at the show. It's a good time every year. Now, guys, if you can picture this, we're standing behind the scenes at Premier Outfitters here at Harrisburg Great American yep. Outdoor Show. We're actually in their booth watching a DVD on the big flat screen behind us. We got Mark Clifford, and we're going to get Hal on the show before it's over here. He's itching. I can see him over there itching to get in the show. You know, and yeah. Hal's one of the one of the guides at Mark's Outfitter, and seems to be a pretty decent guy. And, and uh, you know, we like what you got going here, at Premier Outfitters. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Mark. Where are you from? How you got your start, and, and what's to come from you? Well, I tell you what, I was born and raised in the southern part of the United States, in South Carolina. Did a lot of hunting down there growing up, and. Started like everybody else, wanted to go to the Midwest. Uh, started hunting uh, Kentucky and landed on a little place out there and ended up with a pretty big slice of heaven. I've got 14,000 acres out there now in western Kentucky, Christian County, the mecca of big buck country. I don't know about you guys, but 14,000? That's a lot of acres, man. Oh, man, that seems like a, a buck mega there. It is. It is. Uh, you know, Kentucky is ranked number one whitetail state now for Boone and Crockett entries, and we just love what we do, man. I'm living the dream. I think every hunter would love to have a place like this and be able to cater to their clients and put them on big deer, and it's just something I love doing every day, and it's just I feel so blessed to be able to do this. Yep. How did you get into it in the first place? Well, you know, for about 25 years, every year I take a pilgrimage somewhere to go on a deer hunt Mm -hmm. and started going to different outfitters and one day I was sitting in Alabama with a friend of mine and I said you know what Jimmy I am going to open my own place one day and Jimmy said yeah right you're dreaming and I said well you know what it is a dream and I'm going to make that dream a reality and so now part of my advertisement on my website is this is a hunter's dream come true now you can live that dream everybody wants to do something like this so when you come to us I've taken 25 years of knowledge of hunting with different outfitters, and I've 
got some of the bad and some of the good and weeded out the bad and made it, you know, what I wanted it to be. So when people yeah. come to me, they have a hunt of a lifetime. That's awesome. Yeah, and that, that takes, uh, that, that's what it takes to be a good outfitter is to find out what the good and the bad is and try to run with all good. Absolutely. Yeah. Where did you grow up, Mark? I grew up in um, the South Carolina, and now I'm in the upstate of South Carolina. I have a home there yeah. in Greenville County, and I've got another home in Christian County, Kentucky. Gotcha, gotcha. Now tell us about your crew a little bit. We know, we know how. That? Tell us about your crew. My crew? Yeah. I've got six guides that work with me. I've got um, every one of them are very accomplished bow hunters. They all grew up in the woods you know, hunting, fishing all their lives, and uh, just a very good group of guys. Um, it's a it's a good deal. You come hunt with us, you're not going to get some little taxi driver to take you out to a stand. You're going to get a guy that's had, you know, a, a good career of whitetail hunting. Yeah, I, I think that's the main focus there, not to get a taxi driver as your guide. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, man, you'd be surprised at some of the places you go to. They just take you out and drop you off at a stand and, and not know what they're talking about. These guys, right. when they put you somewhere, they're going to tell you why they've put you somewhere. They've right. got the knowledge of the property and the deer movement. Right. Now we, we got to talk to Hal a little bit, and he's, um, he's, uh, he's a former firefighter, right? He is a former firefighter, and he's just sitting here trying to grab this microphone out of my hand, uh, wanting to talk on here. Yeah, the guy seems to be like a legend. Or something, you know. He, he just got that look that he's some legend material. I think yeah. you got the right guy running your rigging down there. I tell you what, I'm very fortunate to have him. And Hal's sort of a, he likes to stay behind the scenes. Uh, Hal's the guy that puts your stands up, goes out. He'll he'll have his uh, binoculars on him. And I've got one of my nephews work for me as well. And you, you just can't get them out of the woods. They just want to stay out yep. there all day. But um, that's that's what it takes, though. Dedication, take you to the next level. Hunt is what what sounds like you guys got going on there, Premier Outfitters. You know, and, and definitely get on. Tell us tell us how they can contact you if they're wanting to check out your hunts, Mark. Hold on, before we do that, I want to I want to okay. go through a hunt. I'm watching this video. Can you take us through this hunt? That was on January the fifteenth, back in two thousand and eleven. Uh, I ended up, I get to hunt a little bit after all my hunters leave camp. We generally stop hunting around the 20th of November. So late season, I get to finally get all uh, geared up and get in the woods. And this particular buck that you're watching here ended up scoring 179 inches and 6 eighths. Uh, just a world-class whitetail, a pretty good example of what you can, can see in Kentucky. You okay. know, everybody's not going to see a deer of that caliber. It's a once-in-a-lifetime deer. But I was lucky enough to harvest this buck at 10 yards and um, just a, a hunt of a lifetime for me. I've been hunting all my life, and that's my first Boone and Crockett buck that I've harvested. Gotcha. I've taken over 25 Pope and Young bucks. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Now, do you have areas in your 14,000 acres that you try not to go on? They call it like sanctuary. We do. We have a a big part of this 14,000 acres that are just off limits. Okay. We just don't even have any type of human contact in there. We don't run trail cameras in that area. We've got to leave a place of security for the deer. And that that helps to produce larger deer year after year. And keeps, it does, and yeah. and what happens is is you know everybody has neighbors. It doesn't matter how much property you have, but there's going to be a certain amount of pressure around your properties. 
And what happens is this sanctuary, deer from the neighboring properties come in and they'll, they'll take up residence in there. So sure. we've got a steady stream of deer coming in and out right. of our property. So and that's a good point is that if you're in the middle of other properties where it's hunted and you have a safe place for them, they're going to come naturally to your spot. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Absolutely I think brilliant. everybody should have that adopt that plan into their hunting strategy. Right. I think we've got a deer whisperer here. A deer whisperer. Yeah, it sounds like he's drawing all the neighbor's deer. That that qualifies for a deer whisperer position. <laughs> Come over here. It's safe. Yeah. It's safe. That's right. right. We'll That's protect right. you. That's right. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, sanctuary is uh, well known around the world. That That's somewhere that you've got to have for the deer to go for a safe haven. they got to be somewhere no pressure, no activity, and it, it's proven fact that it grows larger deer. you seeing the same thing there at your place? Absolutely. You have to offer an area like that. Plus, you've got to have a you know, good environment for the deer. We, we're a working grain farm. It's corn and soybeans, so we've got a year-round nutrition program for them. Also, we plant supplemental food plots and put out vitamins oh, wow. and minerals for them. That's cool. So it's, it's a working farm, too, so you, you actually harvest the crops in addition to letting, letting Corn them and soybeans. That's yep. awesome. Very cool. That's, so there's some, that's, some, uh, that's a good food source, corn and soybeans, proven fact. So some commerce comes out of the farm, too, so you can, it's not just the... the uh, hunting but you can actually sell off some of the yes. grains and stuff yes very cool very cool mm-hmm. it may be somewhere we had to check out jay well i knew that was coming i knew it wow. wasn't going to be long for dusty would want to get down there if on you, some of that food if, if you don't want to invite dusty and just invite me that's okay i'm okay with that we're going to get both of y'all down what we'd like to do <laughs> is get you down on a hunt and have you do a podcast Oh, yeah. From Premier Outfitters. That way some of your listeners can experience firsthand what you're seeing. I think that would be great. That would be awesome. And cutting in in and out of segments as hunters come back from the field, get their opinion on what's going on. You know, what did you experience today out in the field? What were unique points of that hunt? It would be awesome to have a full, uh, what do I want to say, all tree stands full when we show up. Right. That way that we can talk to the clients, we can talk to you guys that guide, and we can get Mark back on the show. Right. I know this is a pet peeve of yours. No cell phones, no iPads in the tree stand, right? I tell you what, we've become such a technologically advanced society. Uh, and I know everybody has to have a cell phone with them. Uh, but you know what? When you're hunting, stay off your cell phones. Right. Don't, don't, don't do the uh, candy crush and the watching your ipads in the stand because we we have a lot of hunters that say man i wish i wouldn't have been on that that buck wouldn't have got by me but so you've actually had guys take their ipads out to the stand they've taken their ipads out in the stand and they were watching different shows on it <laughs> watching tv the football games i don't think they realize what they're getting into when you right. go to premier outfitters I well I you know what in, in defense of some of the hunters a lot of the guys that come in they're you know, we've got such a hectic life, and there's not many chances that we can get away without some type of communication with work or what have sure. you. But um, Well, that I understand. Yeah, yeah. And, and some of the guys are actually doing business out of the stand, but I wish that they could, for them, take advantage of this time and just, you know, relax and have a good time. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Right. right. I mean, I, I could, if you were just hunting out behind your house and you're, you know, just a it out for a couple hours and you carried your phone with you i can see that but this is a planned trip but you're not coming there you're not going to just stumble upon this place and start hunting 
right? No, we're going to have you in an area that, that you're going to have uh, a chance of possibly harvesting the deer of a lifetime. Right. That's awesome. I don't know about you. I'm leaving my iPad. I'm, I won't even bring it. It's, it's staying at the house. If I'm going to harvest a deer of a lifetime, I don't even want to go anywhere near that. You know, I, I might bring my phone because once I harvest a deer of a lifetime, I'm shooting some pictures out to everybody. Yeah. The well, phone's got to go, guys. i got to have that phone okay. to, to shoot that text right. out after I've harvested a buck at Premier Outfitters. Right. The, right. That picture's got to get out there. Right. Hey, Facebook, it'll be out there. Exactly. All right, Mark, tell us, tell us how people can get a hold of you. I tell you, if you want to co- contact us, uh, info at premieroutfitters.com. Uh, premieroutfitters.com uh, you can give me a call at area code 864-938-8699 look us up on the web we've got a very comprehensive website um, we've got a Facebook page mm-hmm. uh, so we're easy to get in contact with fantastic thanks Mark you're welcome appreciate Pleasure you coming you on with us you're welcome those guys are great were they not Oh, awesome guys. You know, Mark, thanks for joining us on the show. And, and, you know, if you're really serious about booking an awesome whitetail hunt, check out Premier Outfitters on, on, on the, on the internet, check them out on Facebook and, and definitely get hooked up with them. I think you're going to have a hunt of a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. Those guys are great guys. We, we really, uh, we, we know they're good people and they're on some pristine whitetail country property. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just for um, going uh, there to the show and just meeting them, their hospitality towards us was unbelievable. Yeah, they had a southern hospitality thing going on that, uh, I mean, that's, you're just going to be real comfortable when you go there. There's no question in my mind. Um, it was about this time, Dusty, where two very important things started to happen when we were there. We started to get hungry, and we started to try to find Lee and Tiffany from The Crush, Right on. We did start to get hungry. That was for sure. Right. And I let you kind of lead the way, and your nose led us to this unbelievable ham sandwich shack. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm wishing I had one right now. I know. I could go, I could eat two or three of those. They were, there was, it was, it was amazing. It was almost like this Canadian bacon with just regular old, I don't know, American cheese or cheddar cheese or something on it. But it was the bun that made it. It was a pretzel roll bun. Oh, it's phenomenal. Little mayo, little little mustard, a uh, little honey mustard, just to die for. You know, I had to be careful, Jay. If if you'd have got a piece of that ham sandwich with that pretzel bun on your forehead, I know your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. <laughs> There's no question in my mind that the, I still to this day I like I dream about that sandwich. And we went back and got one the next day, and we bought a couple from Mark and Hal. Um, but man, they were just phenomenal. I, I, oh. I was, it was so good. I took a picture of the box of the pretzel company, uh, that, that made the buns. Oh, it was phenomenal. Like my mouth is literally I know. water I know, right? right now. Yeah, yeah. It was great sandwich. Great sandwich. Pretzel, ham and cheese, hot ham and cheese on a pretzel bun, you know, just awesome. I don't know if that's a Harrisburg thing, but that is one, probably one of the best uh, food items you can find down there. And it was just it's kind of tucked away in the not even in the food hall, it's just kind of tucked away in the corner en route to like one of those bypass halls. Yeah, you know, there, I think there was two uh, ladies that ran it that you know they took pride in their sandwiches and. I got to give them credit. It yeah. was a delicious sandwich. Just it hit the spot eat every day. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you walk out, You walk around there before lunch, you can get five, eight miles in. No problem. Right. And then we kind of ventured over to, to the crush um, 
Outfitters, or not Crush Outfitters, in the Outfitters Hall, but it was Crush, the show with Lee and Tiffany, and we were just trying to see how we were going to get a hold of them. And every time we went over there, the line was basically as long as the hall was. Yeah, you know you, you know that they're great people when their fans are probably waiting in line for two, two and a half hours just to say hey to them. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, just super popular people. And um, so we kind of we kind of put that on the back burner, figured we'd get to them at another point. Um, and then we went back to the media room and we started setting up for some interviews. We, st- we set up for the Chip City Bablo interview and we, st- we started setting up for the Blitz TV with Trent Cole and Richie Elam. And we started talking to um, a fellow by the name of Kyle Weaver, who is the, help me with his, his title, but I th- believe he is the, ex- the assistant director of general operations for the NRA. Yeah, he's definitely higher up in the NRA, you know, and I'm going to look to make sure and confirm that we say the right thing on what he actually does for the NRA. And, uh, but, you know, we, we was very fortunate that uh, I actually ran into him there in the press room and, uh, you know, I just, just started talking to him. Imagine that, I started talking to somebody. You believe that? Dude, you are, you are a hound dog when it comes to talking to people. You do it better than just about anybody I've ever met. You know, I just, I, I think I enjoy people more than anything. And it don't matter who you are or what you do or it's just, I enjoy getting to know people and uh, I enjoy the experience of figuring out some things about the person that you're talking to and you know that's kind of where kyle came about now i was over on the couch on my phone because i had to deal with a a at-home situation uh with the wife but what uh what did you and kyle talk about you know we we talked about how the show was going what was going on with the show and uh you know kyle being the executive director of general operations with the nra you know that that's something he's a big role and everything that goes on in the NRA. And, and Kyle focused on making it a family event. Yep. You know, everybody looks at the NRA and they say, oh, it's just about rifles and guns. And, you know, I'm going to back you up and tell you that that's not the case. There's a lot more to the NRA than you would ever think about. Kyle, with, with having a family and him being the executive director of general operations of the NRA, set up an event that was family orientated. And it was phenomenal. They did great work. You know, that it sounds like there was a group of 15, maybe 20, that uh, organized the whole event. Mm-hmm. They, they pretty much set it all up. And, and they kept in mind the family. They kept in mind that you're going to bring your family to this event. And you're going to have your young kids or, or strollers. They, they did some widening of the aisle so that it's more comfortable with people with families so that they could get around a little easier. You know, there's just a lot going on with, that, with the show there at Harrisburg. And with the NRA being family-oriented with that, it made a difference. Made a huge difference. And Kyle was basically in charge of putting that entire show together. And we got a chance to talk to him, got a chance to talk to his wife. And I, I, he had a really long title, and he was a pretty important person in the NRA. Um, but I did get him to record this when we were down there. This is Kyle Weaver with the NRA, and you're listening to the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. And he nailed it on the first try. He did nail it. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and his wife was very, very nice, too. And she they invited us down to Virginia to NRA headquarters at some point, which we really should go down there and visit and do a whole show on the NRA. And uh, one, of the, one of the things I thought was really nice is they invited us to their evening event that was going on that night. 
Yeah, that was very nice of them. And, and, you know, we took advantage of it because it was an experience of a lifetime. It was. And there were so many incredibly cool people hanging out up there. Um, It was a sit-down dinner, and we got to enjoy it with a lot of NRA fans. So that was great. Now, one of the things that that, uh, happened in the media room when we we first set up is we I met this uh, retired fish and game officer and uh, kind of a crotchety old dude. But we were able to put him down on the mic. I basically told him that it was dispatch. And I set him down on the mic and said, uh, this is what happened. All right, we're here with Officer Fredman Buck, who is a longtime conservation officer. 42 years I did there, Jay. 42 years? Did you know that you retired? Oh, what do you mean? Retired? That's for them fellas that quit the work down there. Officer Buck, you retired like 20 years ago. Well, sir, I still appear to the law enforcement down here. You don't question my authority. Um, if you if you out there breaking the law, I'll write you a ticket, son. <laughs> I bet you would. Do you still do you still get a check from the from the state department? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. My my wife takes care of the finances. We're not here to talk about finances, Mister J. Scott. Do you have an Do you have an iPhone? Uh, yes, sir. You do. Do you even know what an iPhone is? Well, it's one of them flip things out there. Just call somebody, ain't it? Right. Is it illegal to use your iPhone when you're deer hunting? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean? What, what kind of question is that? This is about the laws, not the phones. Well, it's a it's a law question. I mean, how, what kind of electronics can you use in the woods? Well, it's, uh, well, you can take uh, not too many electronics in the woods down here. Okay. All right. Um, what can I take? Uh ammunition your smoke stick and buy good beef jerky deer jerky whatever you prefer now if i can i videotape on my iphone like if i if i'm shooting a deer Wait, uh, do you talk about iphone what's an iphone Wait, just a recording device what is an you, iphone you just I don't understand it did iphone sound like a ticket to me you just told me you knew that you had one well that's why i got a flip, flip phone i don't know it's one of their phones they call somebody on that's called an iphone you talk, you talking about getting a ticket. You're bringing something like that electronic device out there to call right. them deer from. Are you going to write me a ticket if I use an iPhone in the woods? Tell me what an iPhone is. It's it's like a phone, but it's a portable phone. Is it a deer, is it a deer call? Uh, it could be. I tell you, if it's a deer call, electronic device, we don't allow them. Even if it's on my iPhone? You're damn right. So that was the inception of Fredman Buck. Being a guest on our show, he's agreed to join us many times to come. I think uh, Fredman's going to have a lot to offer. I think he does. I mean, he's going to give us great insight to the 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 whole world of uh, being a fishing game officer, basically. And we actually got a chance to talk to some of the um, fishing game officers from the state of Pennsylvania, um, but they wouldn't talk to us on mic. So this is going to be a great way for us to have an insight into their world. Yeah, I, I think Fredman will give us the details on how you're going to get a ticket. Yeah. Hey, you got a chance to talk to him a little bit, right, to get a little more detail on who he is and where he's, what he does and all that kind of stuff. And he, you, you got some pretty cool uh, details on it. And from what I understand, he, has, he still has um, an old CB radio in his uh, international um, – vehicle that he still drives around in from like the 1980s or something right yeah he says that we could reach out to him but give him a little notification I, I don't know what he meant by that but i think that uh if we tune our system up and get the right, right. signal out there that we can contact fredman book and we, we plan to contact him. You, you got his flip phone flip phone number right yeah, he said it was an iPhone, but it, he it, didn't know. Yeah, God, God. It, it was like the first flip phone that ever came out for a, a, a cell phone. 
He's, he was a bit uh, senile and a bit crotchety, and he was willing to write a ticket to anybody he thought was going to either commit or has already committed some kind of game crime. Um, I think if you look a little funny, that Fredman's going to write you a ticket. Yeah, I mean, he still got he still has his tickets that he just kind of keeps in his back pocket. You see, he's just itching to give you one. So, but it's good, and we'll, we'll have a little insight into the world of of the fishing game officers because the other ones just won't talk to us for for some reason. Yeah, we we look forward to hearing from Fredman, and uh, man, I think it's going to be real interesting material for everybody, the listeners, to hear. Yep, um, I wanted to give a, a quick shout out to my my good friend and one of my inspirations for doing this podcast in the very beginning of uh, when we started doing this. A guy by the name of, of uh, Peter St. James. He's a, a longtime outdoor writer for the state of New Hampshire and does a, a radio show in the morning commute at WTPL 1077 The Pulse. And uh, as we were in our media room after we had just talked to uh, Fredman Buck, we turned around and I th- there was a guy walking down the hall. I think we had just also talked to um, Kyle Weaver. And he had this big uh, white 10 gallon hat on. And I thought for a second it was Wayne LaPierre. And a, and a cowboy hat. It turns out it was, it was our my good friend Peter St. James from New Hampshire who had come down for the day to cover the show and meet up with some of his friends. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, seemed to be a great guy, and uh, I like what he does on the radio as far as uh, for the outdoors. Yeah, and we really should have him on our show at some point because that guy um, has done so much for the outdoors, um, writing about it, um, promoting it. He's, uh, he's quite an inspiration for me and really what we're doing here on the podcast. Great guy. Um, let's see. So from there, we ended up talking to, um, we did it. Took, we took a little walk. Uh, we just, and we bumped into this, this stage where, uh, the, the NRA had set up their own podcast booth and they were doing like video. And we learned at that point that NRA has a podcast called NRA news cam and company. And we got to listen to it a little bit. Now they, God bless them, but they do three hours a day. That's a lot. I can't do that, man. I can't do three hours a day. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm in awe that they can do that. Um, but I just, we can't do that. It's just too much. We can handle about one hour a week, thereabouts. Yeah, and three hours a day. Now, I did have seven hours to drive home, and I listened to the whole show about the Great American Outdoor Show that he was doing live, and it was very informative. And I got to listen to a lot of the people, the same people we talked to, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's uh, they got a cool thing going there. Yep. Now, they do have NRA Outdoors, and at some point, I would love to see us start doing some stuff for NRA Outdoors. I think that you would know, be phenomenal. I think that uh, maybe we can get in touch with Kyle Weaver and see if we can do the NRA members talk about their hunts, their stories. How awesome would that be? A second podcast that's dedicated to the outdoors for the NRA. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And I think we're just the guys for the job. Um, now, one of the things that was going on down there is uh, it was just the whole thing with Lee and Tiffany. Again, we tried to get into their booth before. We couldn't do it. Um, but we left the NRA dinner, or after we left the NRA dinner, everybody had basically cleared out of the show. But Lee and Tiffany's booth was still going on, but there were only like three people in line. In fact, they had closed it off. So what did you do, Dusty? Well, we walked up, and we asked if we could talk to them. Yeah, and uh, they talked to us for a little while. We got some pictures taken with them, and uh, we they agreed to be on our show in the near future. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be a great show. Not only do they love hunting, but they, they harvest phenomenal 
whitetails. Yep. So pretty cool stuff. And I, I am looking forward to that interview. I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, we did talk to some other guys from Blitz TV, uh, Richie Elam and Trent Cole. Now, Trent is also a linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been there for, what, nine years, I think it was? Yeah, right on. Yeah. What 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 a great guy. Great guy. I mean, just a just an amazing guy. We got a we had we were able to sit down and interview um Trent and Richie for the whole thing and it turns out they're friends with Matt Hyatt who has also been on our show and he was the guy that shot Big Frank and he did the whole show with us just before we got to the Great American Outdoor Show. So it was great great to meet some of his friends who are also doing great things with the outdoors. And those guys are not far from you, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, you know, uh, Trent Cole was uh, from Xenia, Ohio. I'm just a little bit west, southwest of Dayton, so they're pretty local. And, you know, Trent's got some farms in the area, and the Blitz TV's got it going on, it sounds like. Yep. So we're going to play that entire interview for you guys um, in a future show. But let me just play a little clip for you. Trent Cole from Blitz TV and Richie Elam, right? That's correct. All right, man. What's going on, guys? Oh, not much, man. Just out uh, here enjoying the, you know, enjoying the show that, you know, that that they have in here in Harrisburg. The NRA's putting on a great show here, the Great American Outdoor Show. And, uh, you know, we got a booth out here and uh, just seeing all the people and uh, just and just enjoying it. You know, after having a, a, a big season and, you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles, and, uh, you know, it, it, Sally ended shortly with the Saints, but, uh, you know, now I'm out here and enjoying my other passion, you know, is just outdoors and enjoying this, enjoying it with other people and friends and stuff to, that, that, that's enjoying it with me out here at these shows to get the season started off for a new hunting season. Awesome. Uh, Trent, I was pulling for you because my, your coach is from New Hampshire, and I'm from New Hampshire too. And I'm a UNH grad, where he coached formally. I didn't think they knew football in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been recognized for much. I give you that. <laughs> in fact, it's kind of funny. My I never played organized football. We never really had it. it. wasn't really available. Then my nephew played for a high school team, and he went all all state. Um, you know, and he was a a center. Really? Like, oh, I could have been somebody, but and he's no bigger than I am or anything like that. Um, but then I started looking up the stats. We've had basically no nfl players since the inception of the nfl that's why, that's, that's why i had that kind of response that was, that was the second thing that was like a question to have for you guys do you know anybody's uh came out needing current players but nobody yeah but there's there's always somebody come out you know it's like they might be right. undercover with it but it just uh you know every state yeah. produces and uh, and this is the way it goes we we produce um an occasional basketball player and we are a machine when it comes to professional baseball pitchers Lots wow. and lots and lots of baseball pitchers. So, but football is not our thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it is. Just like you know, you got Ohio. You know, they 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 kind of breed out you know football players, and you know, you got like Hampshire. Right. You know, they're you know everybody loves baseball, and yep. uh, you know, and everybody's striving to you know be the best baseball player they can be and yep. make it to the big leagues. So it's uh you know, what it depends on where what geographic area you live in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Different all across the country, but you know, I like living where I live, and but I like getting out and meeting people, and that's why we're here at the show is to meet guys like you guys, and and learn a little bit more about your story. Uh, that's enough about the football. Let's talk some deer hunting. Deer guys. Hunting. <laughs> all right, <laughs> we went off on a little tangent. We got to, we need to learn a little bit more about you guys too. Um, uh, but yeah, let's talk some deer hunting. Let's let's just get a little rundown and. So you had to basically slap me across the head for talking too much football and too little deer hunting. Yeah, I think he was on a. It's almost like you had 
Buck Fever with a professional NFL player. It could have been. Yep. Well, what he a great was, what a great guy. Um, and that whole show and the guys he's hanging out with, great people. And of course, yeah, Blitz TV seemed the the whole crew seemed a lot of fun. And, and you know, again, we thank them for sitting down with us. And, and we're going to talk to Trent Cole and the guys from Blitz TV in the near future on on a full blown podcast, yep, yep. all about deer hunting. Yep, and it'll be played in its entirety. The the whole interview we did with those guys down there. Um, so the show's kind of wrapping up at that point, and we we ended up um, doing a little little more tour. We went went back to see if we could find Cam and Company, and uh, who did we find? But put down that remote control, get off your backsides, and drop and give me twenty five. I'm the Gunny, and it is my mission to help you turn your life around. Life is about honor, courage, and commitment, and it's time for you to get with the program, sweetheart. Pick up my new book, Gunny's Rules, and learn how I came up in the school of hard knocks and then got squared away in the Marine Corps. In Gunny's Rules, I've shared some of my best stories about Hollyweird, my time in the Marines, and more. Stuff you won't find anywhere else. Want to learn how you can follow your dream? Do it the Marine Corps way, with blood, sweat, and tears. Grab a copy of Gunny's Rules today, and then get another one, because I know that you've got a friend that is pretty screwed up and needs help, too. Except for five. God bless. <laughs> that was great. So we got to meet the Gunny, Arlie Ermy, from... Uh, he's He was actually... I looked up some of his uh, early work, and he was... Um, Stanley Kubrick's advisor for all the military shows in Apocalypse Now. He actually played a helicopter pilot way back then. And he's been in all kinds of things. And he's one of the big spokespersons for the NRA. And we got to meet him. We we're just randomly in line at the right time. Yeah, you know, what a great experience it was. And it's not every day that you get to meet the gunny. You don't meet the gunny every day. And it was funny because we asked him if he would be on our show. He said, sure. Just talk to my manager here. Here's how you reach him. Um, I just tell, they just tell me where to go and I do. So it's kind of funny, you know, you, somebody that's, uh, in that, who's been around acting for so long now has a schedule based off of where they want him to go. That's how famous he is. Pretty cool. Very cool. Um, so the, a couple other people we, we got to talk to Ralph and Vicky from Archer's Choice, very nice couple. And they agreed to be on the show in the future. And the, basically we, that was kind of the wrap up of the show. Um, that we ended up leaving on Sunday morning, but one of the people that we ended up bumping into was a guy by the name of Dave Hoffman. What a, what a great guy. Do you remember how we, how we met up with Dave? Like what, how it all kind of came together? No, walking into the archery area, the archery building, to your left was kind of just just a start of a normal row of vendors, and, and we was walking down through there, and uh, you, you remember looking up and saying, wow, look at that tree stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing was probably 12, 14 foot, probably had a 10 foot platform, maybe 12 foot round platform, hexagon, just looked really nice. Had a nice steel ladder going up the side of it, and, and it, it sparked both of our interests. There was a guy up there that was, that was uh, as you walked under, was, was kind of blown on a grunt call, getting your attention right. to look, look up at the tree stand. Dressed all in camo. Yeah, it, it's just a very cool setup and very professionally built. So that, that sparked our interest right off the bat. Yes, and we had to trace, uh, we tracked uh, Dave down, and Dave says, hey, how about you guys come out to my tree stand before you leave, uh, about an hour north of Harrisburg, and I'll take you at, front, at my dad's house. I'll drive you out to it in my pickup truck in the cornfield, and we will sit there, and we will do the podcast inside of the 
his, one of his biggest tree stands that he makes. What an experience. We said, absolutely. I mean, who doesn't do that? And we had uh, cookies and we had um, Bloody Marys for breakfast. And it was just before we were starting to get ready to head out. But what an awesome, awesome experience. And there were turkeys in the field. Just amazing. We got to listen to Dave's story about how he even got there in the first place. And uh, that show is going to air in its entirety as well, along with Trent, the Trent Cole and Blitz TV um, television show interview and the Chip City Bablo interview. All three of those, all interviews we conducted at the Great American Outdoor Show will be played in its entirety in a future show in the very near future. Be ready. Um, it is. But I would like to play just a quick excerpt from the um, Tree Stands by Dave from the podcast we actually did inside his tree stand. And actually, we're sitting here in Pennsylvania. Uh, my good friend Dusty Phillips is no longer in Ohio at the moment. He's sitting right next to me. Dusty, what's going on? We are living a dream. We are in God's country right now. We are in God's country. We are on a mission to come here to conquer the Great American Outdoor Show, and I think we've done it. We had a an amazing weekend. Met some amazing people. And we actually were sitting here with amazing gentlemen as we speak. Yep. We're here with Dave Hoffman. Dave, say hello. Hey. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. And yeah. Thanks for having me on. Dave is, uh, you know, Dave, we were walking around the show, and uh, you win for best display. Appreciate no question. that. Hands down. When you have somebody standing, what, 12 feet up in the air, blowing a grunt call at you. It gets your attention. <laughs> it gets your attention, <laughs> especially if you're a deer hunter. Um just to describe what we saw, uh, we turned the corner and, and there's this amazing looking platform that I, is made, just these super structure. Um, I don't know what it's made of. We're going to learn that in a minute. But it was basically a dream tree stand placed on the, the side aisle of the Great American Outdoor Show. And it, it was uh, it's so impressive. Then you look up and there's a guy dressed in camo with his bow and a grunt call. And you can hear the grunt call and... It just caught your attention. They're like, we got to talk to this guy. You know, uh, it's, it's so funny that how this all come about. I actually seen it and ran into the people in front of me that stopped. Yeah. I was so amazed at the structure quality of the tree stands by Dave that it was phenomenal. We had to talk to him. It's one of those dreams. I mean, and if you look at it, you're like, I wouldn't call that a tree stand necessarily initially, but it looked like a great, awesome, fun tree house. And, uh, but it doubles as a tree stand, which we like as hunters. So it was great. So thanks to uh, Dave for joining us and, and inviting us to his, his tree stand, um, called the Falcon, by the way. And we get to hear his entire story about uh, the tree stands that he makes, how he got to that position and where he plans to take his business. So, Dusty, was that not just one of the, the most uh, amazing experiences we've had as podcasters since we started doing this? It, it definitely was. It, it was one of the things where that was the icing on the cake for the whole trip. You Absolutely. Know, Dave's hospitality, Dave drove us out there. You know, we, we didn't just drive back a lane and get the tree stand. We actually four-wheel drive out through a cornfield, cut cornfield, to this tree stand. Yeah. We, we was kind of, in a sense, Baja on a Ford pickup out to the tree stand. Absolutely. We were off-roading in a cornfield with, what, a half a foot of snow? At uh, least. Just barreling through, hoping to God we didn't get stuck and have to walk back. <laughs> you know, his dad had a pickup, and it was pretty good distance back to get it to pull us out if we yeah. got stuck. Yep. And, what, what, what an experience. What an experience. And one of the things that, that would kind of drop my, uh, grab my attention when we were there is in the – 
is how hunting, hunting is different in different states. I mean, there was a lot of wide open country, a lot of fields and uh, bluffs and things like that and, and hedgerows. That's not the type of hunting I experienced in New Hampshire. It's all rocky and mountainous and woods. I don't get these big fields. So, But just to listen to you guys describe how your hunts would develop where that deer came from that Dave shot. And you were telling me that's very much what it's like to hunt in Ohio. It was a great experience just to visualize what it was like to hunt in other places. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's, it's one of the things where in a sense in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania there, it, it reminded me a lot of Ohio, you know, the deer kind of bed in the woods and they move out to the grain fields to kind of pasture in the evening. And that, that's typically where the, your best shots are going to be is out kind of in the open where they come to feed of an evening. Interesting. So so much different than what I'm used to, but just I love hearing about these other stories and about how other hunters are doing it. Yeah, you know, and that, that's a lot of what we love about the Big Buck Registry, Big Buck Podcast. We love to hear the stories. We love to hear the the. Uh, what it's like in different areas yeah what what's it like to be a conservationist right. in your area that, what's, that's what's cool exactly what's it like to hunt in florida what's it like to hunt in ohio what's it like to hunt in alaska and maine new hampshire and, and how did you harvest that big buck that's what this is all about kind of it, laying down it, some framework yeah and it's different everywhere you hunt every hunter every area is a different hunt yep um, a couple of other interesting stops we had along the way. We met the uh, Seth McGinn, the inventor of the can cooker, which is in pretty much every outdoor sh- every outdoor store I think I've seen from Maine to uh, California. Um, that was a very nice guy. Let us uh, hang out and, and uh, talk to us a little bit about the can cooker and took a nice uh, photo spot there. Um, the stump line, this giant. Tell us about the stump line, Dusty. You know, it was, it's called nature blinds if you look them up, and uh, it actually looks like a tree stump that uh, w- what I would say is a spray foam yep. kind of material. Uh, you know, uh, some people might call it a drive it, but it's uh, it looks actually like a six-foot tree stump sitting on the ground there, and it's got shooting windows, a door you walk into. It's all the comforts of home, but uh, in a in a ground blind, looks like a tree stump. Yep, and outfitters were buying these things up by the um, semi pickup, it's not semi pickup, uh, a semi truck load um, on a flatbed. They're hauling seven of them out at a time, and that that's basically what you're going to fit on a flatbed on a on a semi, semi. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's uh, you know. I think it'd be great for somebody that uh, was maybe a little fidgety in the woods or somebody that got cold easy. You know, you, you could have a heater. You could, you could have a TV out there if you needed it. It, it was awesome. Just so cool. Now, one, before we wrap up, Dusty, I do want to just make a comment about um, one of the, what I thought was probably the best booth at the whole show, and it was the Copenhagen booth, the, the chewing tobacco company. Yeah, what what a neat experience, you know that if right. you get a if you get a chance, take take advantage of that. Even if you're not a non tobacco user, walk through one of their booths. Right now, you're a tobacco user. You like to chew tobacco. I'm not a tobacco user. I used to be back in the day when I played baseball, um, but th- this thing was was taking. Uh, chewing tobacco and making it an experience and you did not even have to chew tobacco to go through there you, yeah, did, you know, didn't even put it in your mouth uh, i think i drive a better nail than you but you know dude i got it in one fail swoop boom done <laughs> i i think i missed the first swing you did so you, i might have now you did beat me in the other challenge where you took the keychain off the nail with the 
tape measure. The tape measure. You beat me hand, hands down. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I, I grew up with a tape measure in my hand, so I could see that. Yep, and then we were we both were able to get the, the tin that is on the top of a Copenhagen can engraved with our own initials, Big Buck Registry, and you got Chubby Tines Outdoors. Yeah, that's just uh, something, a little keepsake from our experience. Right, and then we got a can of Copenhagen or a sample for free, and you could buy a can for a buck as you're exiting. It was basically taking chewing tobacco into a Disney-like experience at a show with a booth that you can move around. And it was, I think, probably the best experience I've ever had was something I don't do. Just crazy. Yeah, it, it, was, it was unique. That, yep. It was different from any other thing that we experienced there. So kudos to Copenhagen. We may actually steal your idea someday when we decide to do a booth for the Big Buck Registry and have our own uh, basically deer camp porch where we'll be set up telling deer stories from anybody that wants to join us to tell us their deer story and make yeah. it an experience too. Yeah, and have a little, little walkthrough like they did and, and some activities inside and just uh, something that you'll you'll remember for a lifetime. Absolutely, man. So, uh, well, Dusty, thanks for joining me at the Great American Outdoor Show. It's great to actually uh, meet you face to face. You know, we we get on this show every single week, and we we rib each other and we joke around. But you know, it was awesome just hanging out with you for for a few days. Yeah, I look forward to our next experience together. And uh, you know, Jay, I, I got to tell you, thanks for allowing me to be the co-host on the Big Buck Race, your Big Buck Podcast. It's been one heck of an experience, and uh, we've te- we've talked with some great people and met some awesome new friends. Absolutely. All right, man. Um, speaking of that, how can our listeners and our fans uh, find you? Facebook forward slash Chubby Tines Outdoors. Jay, how can they get in touch with the Big Buck Registry? All right. It's um, Facebook.com uh, forward slash Big Buck Registry. Our website is BigBuckRegistry.com. Um, our phone number is 724-613-2825. You can send a text picture there if you have a Big Buck. You can always submit a photo on Facebook. You can email us at j at BigBuckRegistry.com if you'd like to be on the show. If you'd like to tell your story about a big deer you shot, uh, well, don't worry about it. We'll walk you through it. We, we're getting very good at this. Um, don't be nervous. Just sit back, relax, just like you're at on the porch at deer camp and we'll walk you walk you through every little step of your hunt and recreate it for our listeners um other than that dusty i think that's a wrap man yeah what a great experience at the harrisburg pennsylvania great american outdoor show jay been great what a great show what a great experience pleasure to meet you and uh folks we'll see you next week and i'm dusty phillips i'm jay scott and this is the big buck registry's big buck podcast see you next week can't wait